Too. I'd say my first memory is about five, maybe four. Five? Yeah. That's, you practically got a job at that point in time in life. <laughs> Isn't that pretty standard? Like, no. I think four or five is no. no? No. Like, three, I think, is actually, huh. like, your first, first memories. Yeah. Your first being, like, an autonomous person is, I would say, probably around four or five. But, like, my first memory was, I believe I was two, like, Early twos. Okay. Because I was still on a diaper. Yeah, I think I do have some really kind of vague, disjointed memories. That yeah, I'm that's like what your first almost... memory is never a solid, solid memory. It's like yeah. the one solid part in the fog of your life during that. Yeah. Do you, what is your first memory? Would you like to share it? My first memory is sneaking into the pantry. And for anybody that doesn't know what a pantry is, it's a food closet <laughs> um, that I knew I wasn't supposed to be in. And my parents went to great lengths to try and scare me out of that room. And I got in there and it wasn't scary at all. It was just dark. And I remember being like, I need to take a shit. And I was like being trained out of diapers. <laughs> so I knew I wasn't supposed to shit my diaper. Yeah. But I was also in a place that I wasn't supposed to be. And I was just like, fuck it. And I just took shit in my diaper <laughs> and then got yelled at because I know better than to shit in my diaper. Dang. Yeah. But I mean, that's my parents' fault in the first place. The reason why I was afraid of the pantry was they told me there was a monster in it <laughs> to keep me out. And when I like, it's got one of those doors that has like wood slats instead of a window that you right. like raise like up and down. Door. Yeah, it's exactly. It might actually be that door. Yeah. Yeah, they told me there was a monster there and one of the slats was broken. And the only thing you could see through the slat was the Quaker Oats guy's face. <laughs> so in my head, I just had like the image of the Quaker Oat guy because I'm a kid and sticking my eye through a hole looks huge. And then I can't see the rest of the room, so I just had, like, a Cthulhu-esque, like, tentacle <laughs> monster attached underneath that was just, like, filling the room. Yeah. And in classic Keelan fashion, I was like, oh, that's terrifying. Let's go in that room. <laughs> Something is attracting me to that terrifying monster. Yeah, I have a theory that um, I think most people's memories, a vast majority, relate to either like urination, defecation, or nudity. And I say that because when I was on the dating apps, um, you know, it's been a little while, I have a wife now, but I my icebreaker question was always, what's your first memory, right? Because I think mine's a little bit interesting, and I'm like, oh, this is a good way to start a conversation, find something out about someone, maybe it's a little deeper even. But what I found was everybody's story was like, Either witnessing another kid pooping or peeing, doing it themselves, 
or some kind of weird nudity or sexual thing, and it got depressing, so I stopped asking that question. Well, that's, that's generally a good thing. I probably wouldn't <laughs> ask that question on a dating app to begin with. <laughs> But also my dating app experiences are, I think I've talked to two actual humans during it. And then I have like a farm of scam artists trying to be like vague that I would just like keep on other social media and be like, all right, well, you, you want to pretend to be my girlfriend for, in- for information on the internet. I'm just going <laughs> to ask you in-depth questions about what you say you're studying. So you actually have to go and look it up. Yeah. I might have gotten some crazy Russian guys through college or some shit. (laughs) Well, you did your part. You want to know my first memory? That'd be awesome if I was just like, no, (laughs) next topic. All right, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me your first memory. All right, so uh, I had an aunt. You know, technically she wasn't my aunt. This is my grandma's sister. So That's an aunt. is Is that a great aunt? I don't think we count the great ants, but if it were, if you wanted to call it a great ant, I would not be opposed to it. But I don't think the great goes in that direction. Like, right. I think you're just an aunt or a cousin. Okay. I think she would be my cousin then. Your cousin is would be your sister's kids. Right. So if... No, that would be my niece and nephew. Well, so I have five aunts, my grandma's sisters. Yeah. That I very much know so are called my aunts because <laughs> they say your aunts. Yeah, I mean, we called her aunt. Let's assume that's correct. <laughs> but anyways, this uh, couple, it was my aunt and uncle. Um, they lived in Phoenix where we lived, but they had a second home. It was actually a, a trailer or like a... Do you call it a trailer like the ones that you see on the back of a truck that's like oversized load? Is that a trailer or is that like a... Are you talking about like a house? Yeah, it's a house, but it's... Because there's like, there's a mobile home and then there's like an RV. Yeah. So it's not an RV, but I guess a mobile home. Yeah. So mobile homes are like big. Mobile homes are what you see in trailer parks. Yeah. That's kind of what this was, but I wouldn't quite call it a trailer. I guess maybe technically it was. I think that's why they started calling them mobile homes is because no one likes (laughs) saying that they live in a trailer. Yeah. So anyways, uh, they lived in Phoenix. We lived in Phoenix, but they had this mobile home trailer thing. In northern Arizona. I wonder uh, if your grandparents and my great-grandparents lived in the same place. Because <laughs> you're pretty much, you're starting to describe the only place that I ever went to that had a trailer when I was little. It was like, uh, it, I think it was an over 55 community, but I was a fucking kid, so everyone was ancient. This is in Phoenix or up north? It was north, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this is in a place right next to Flagstaff. It's called Munns Park. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have known the names. There's no way you could get me interested in, like... The fact that I knew that it was, like, up north was only because it required more than 40 minutes to drive. (laughs) Yeah. This place, it was actually, it was special on many levels for me. It was actually where I discovered Star Wars. Um, I just found a tablet in the desert. Said a long, long time ago. (laughs) So, you know how it actually happened was I found an action figure in the woods. And I was like, whoa, this action figure's sick. What is this from? And it was a Star Wars action figure. That's weird. It was actually the guard. So, you know, the... Um, Talk about the pigmen? <laughs> no, different guard. Um, when they're in the desert scene, I believe, Return to the Jedi, uh, where the Sarlacc pit is in the desert. Luke Skywalker's on that, like, skiff thing. Yeah. Boba Fett eventually, spoiler alert, you know, gets thrown in there. It does survive, we found out later, but... I mean... 
There's a famous rap song about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the action figure that I found was the guard of that skiff. So you're about to, I think you're talking about Dungar, which is not a guard. He's another bounty hunter. But Oh, is he? It, did he have like a towel wrapped around his head? No. Um, he has he has like a darker complexion with like a shaved head ponytail type of deal. I don't think I know who you're talking. It's rare because I'm pretty sure all of the guards that are guards guards in that are pigmen and then everybody else is a minor character that eventually gets like half a fucking book written about them. Oh, this is such a minor character. I'm like, I can't believe I've found this weird action figure in the first place. And then it's like, oh, this is what's more scaly looking. No, that's not him. It almost I thought it was a Star Trek character, too, at first, because I wasn't familiar with either one. Well, you can just pull up the skiff. Yeah, because I think I remember the ponytail part of it, but that guy's kind of scaly. Yeah, yeah he's scaly looking. Yeah, um, that guy does have a name. I do not remember what it is, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure he didn't get an MC Chris song written about him. Because Dungar is the guy with the his like face. It looks like he's wearing a shirt around his face, and he's okay, got yeah. he's got a song. He was saved by the Boba Fett or the Fets nice. after he. Got stuck in the desert? All right, man. <laughs> so, yeah, super long way to get to my first memory. Um, Munz Park. We're driving into Munz Park, right, to go on our little weekend vacation or whatever. As we're driving in, I'm looking at the street, like the asphalt that we're driving on. You know, it starts to turn a little more into a forest as we're, like, leaving the desert, right? We're going into this wooded area. And as I'm looking into the asphalt, it's like cracking and coming apart. And where it's coming apart, there's grass growing up from it. And it just blew my mind as a kid. It like didn't make sense to me. I was like, whoa, like a plant can grow out of, I don't, this other material, this like whatever this is. (laughs) Yeah, that is the premise of why you're not supposed to plant trees close to your house, (laughs) which is something that my family has never listened to <laughs> do you guys have uh sewer problems no it'll destroy the foundation of your home okay like yeah. my mom's house is irreparably fucked because there's been a spruce it's i think it's a spruce no one of the one of the faster growing stick plants that is literally growing a quarter under the house that instead of pulling up and uh ripping out they just sent me out with a hatchet every like four months to cut the branches off of so it got like a real nice good root system before it started becoming a tree tree nice and now it's like they have to dig all the way under the house at some point in time (laughs) when i was a kid we had two giant eucalyptus trees in our front yard and the roots grew so large and so deep that it started to mess with our uh sewer system like yeah ripping the pipes apart and we had to get them removed, um, which turned into a fun obstacle course for me to ride my bike through. I mean, that's different, cool. like trunks and tree pieces. Yeah. At least you also had like a <laughs> handy dad. So it yeah. like got to turn, like get done, I guess is the, uh, <laughs> there wasn't turning your fucking eight year old kid into a maintenance man. Yeah. I was super young when it happened, when we cut him down. So I don't remember it a ton. Um, 
But I think my dad did actually do most of it. Like, I think he rented a, a chainsaw and like a truck or something. And Yeah. I guess that would have been it would have been so expensive to rent a stump grinder back then. I think we did have that, too, though. Yeah, that's because I think they're like a hundred bucks right now to rent. I can't. That'd be weird if that was one of the things that's always been the same price. It's like Home Depot (laughs) only rents things for a hundred dollars. Yeah, they start measuring the economy in the stump grinder index. Possessing contraband can get you put away for a long time, Johnny. With all these food spheres you have stashed here, looks like you're going down for 16 years. But what about my insurance? I've never missed a payment. Why didn't you say so? It says here you qualify for the remote incarceration program, which means you'll be spending your prison sentence in style. There's no better way to spend your incarceration than being controlled by one of Unicorp's management team as they experience the thrills in life such as skydiving, running from a synthetic bear, and everybody's favorite pastime, espionage. Ensuring that your incarceration will not only provide service to Unicorp, but keep you engaged in a rich and fulfilling environment throughout your incarceration. So remember when you're filling out your insurance card to check remote control on the bottom right-hand side. Unicorp is now responsible for the bodies of any remote control products. Unicorp, the only choice for your future. You know about the (laughs) Waffle House Index, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's upsetting that that's accurate enough that we can use it. I know. Guess what no one's been talking about? Waffle House? The Waffle House Index, because it's (laughs) fucked. I bet, yeah, it's off the charts right now. I don't know if it goes off or under the charts when it comes to the Waffle House income, but (laughs) yeah, there's been quite a few Waffle Houses that have closed, and none of them have reopened. Dang. It's it's showing sign of the times when your greasy spoon meth house fucking (laughs) corner store... Dude, I'm just upset that they actually make like okay food i think i've only actually ate at a waffle house maybe twice and neither one of them were particularly memorable i mean i've the only things i've ever done at a waffle house that were memorable involved somebody else on meth <laughs> like you just go into the wrong waffle house at the wrong time and i used to like being awake in the middle of the fucking night so if we went to a waffle house you're pretty much guaranteed to have something weird happen but this is an unpopular opinion you can only make breakfast so good before it's like, like there's it plateaus real fucking quick. Like there's no super, super fancy way to get a fried egg. Yeah. So that's why I get mad when people make me stand in lines for breakfast food. They're like, this is the best breakfast ever. And I'm like, oh, you mean it's an egg that they fried <laughs> in oil with potatoes? Like, yes, it's good. No, it's not worth not eating for two hours. Yeah, But that's why, like, Waffle House is kind of proof of that. It's like, you can have anybody walk into Waffle House and just make whatever the fuck is on their menu, and it'll be okay. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I do agree with you. Especially brunch. Like, breakfast and brunch are brunch so is immoral. overrated. If you guys are at a place that serves brunch, and it is not a place that was specifically built to serve brunch, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is about breakfast food that gets people all excited. Maybe well, it's just food it's is addictive. 
Yeah. Like you're addicted to it. So that feeling you get when you're super, super hungry and you'd kill somebody for food, that's what it feels like when you don't have the thing you're addicted to. Yeah. It just seems like so disproportionate to like lunch and dinner crazy. Well, that is marketing because it has now been pretty well proven that breakfast doesn't necessarily do anything better for you if you eat it. Yeah. Um, I am somebody who doesn't eat pretty much ever. Like when it comes down to it, uh, that was my New Year's resolution was to eat food. I thought you were going to say to entirely stop eating. No, no, to eat food in the first place. It's not good that it's uh, like 40 degrees and I'm freezing cold. Like I for sure need to put some meat on me. Yeah. But yeah, it's the eating breakfast thing and the everybody freaking out about it is primarily marketing at its best. Yeah. I swear the breakfast places do something to to like i don't know i guess it's just like limiting the size to make it seem exclusive or something it, it just seems like they're in on it what i don't know yes they're in on it they're a restaurant <laughs> they're also paying for marketing like what are you talking i guess i don't I'm, understand the angle you're going yeah so what i'm talking about is like let's say you know your crowd is going to be 50 people every sunday or something like that right? yeah that's a lot harder to guess than you think but Oh, yeah, I, I know that. Unless you're and doing just, reservations, which is the way I think all food should be. Yeah, and I'm just throwing out random numbers, too. These aren't, like, accurate or anything. Um, but let's say, you know, that you know you're going to get that crowd every week. It's almost like these breakfast places intentionally are like, okay, 50 people are coming. Make the building for 30. Oh. And only let in 20. So you're <laughs> about to learn something about standing, seating, and bathroom space that are all legal concerns when you own a restaurant. Yeah. So you're only allowed to have seats so close to each other. You're yeah. only allowed to have so many people standing versus sitting. And then regardless of those two, if your building, like your actual restaurant individually, doesn't have the sewage license for the amount of people that it covers you're not allowed to have either of those numbers in yeah yeah so no, you can have a restaurant that seats 200 but if you only have one bathroom and plumbing for 15 you're only allowed to have 15 people in there yeah yeah i definitely follow you there i know about that i had to deal with that a little bit some places i've worked but and maybe this is just me making it up in my head. You it are. Seems... I've never had. <laughs> so this is a thing that I actually have a problem with is when they go and they're like, hey, let's just put another table here. And I'm like, dude, we are already at capacity. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying like add extra stuff or like. No, no, but that's what I'm saying is like the boss, like the owner of the place will just walk in and be like, there's not enough seating here. Put more seating because that's always my issue is i always end up working at these tiny fucking places that they're like fill it to the brim and i'm like well <laughs> then you got to get a kitchen made for cooking that many people yeah i think i'm doing a bad job of explaining my point because i'm not suggesting like oh let's pack more people in or let's you know add this extra table or something like that it just seems like even when there's an insanely popular dinner spot let's say or lunch spot there might be, let's say, a couple people waiting outside in line, you know, some kind of craze about the place. But for me, breakfast seems way more like unnecessary and over the top, right? Like when I see breakfast lines, it's like 30 people. If yeah. If I see a dinner well, that's line, like, it's like five. That's like. Yeah. Like that <laughs> fucking place has an odd, like. 
is good food. It's as good as you can make breakfast. It's hit the fucking line in the plateau. Yeah. No breakfast. Like, you can make that yourself at home. It's not worth fucking 30 hours in line to wait for. And right. it's certainly so probably what you're actually seeing is very few places do reservations for breakfast. Almost okay. everyone will yeah. do reservations for dinner. I think it, maybe you're getting at something there. That's a good So point. you're not going to see like a huge line outside because people don't just have to show up and be first come first serve. Yeah. Most of them have reservations. And then when you have a place that does exclusively reservations, they usually do have like two or three tables that they reserve for walk ups. So those yeah, are yeah. probably the guys sitting outside. And if you're going to a restaurant that does reservations properly, there will be a turn. So there's actually two shifts to the dinner. <laughs> so there will be a small line outside while everybody is waiting for everything to get cleaned and, you know, me to freak out and slam a beer and they'll walk in. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite breakfast food? Uh, corned beef hash. Ooh, that's a good one. Pretty much anything you can throw. The, the term is shit on a shingle. <laughs> but yeah, any any easily piled on. I prefer corned beef hash. There's uh what the fuck is it called? Chip beef is also good. Chip beef? What is that? It's that really, really, really like thin slices of dried beef and gravy. Ooh. It's in its own weird gravy. It's probably considered a bechamel, but Okay. That sounds good. So you like more of a uh hearty breakfast you're not about the sweets no it's it's a military thing that's my mom doing the this is what people eat for breakfast because she was <laughs> raised on an air force base yeah yeah i don't like sweet stuff for breakfast i think that's weird that that even is like a thing there's also a caveat i don't fucking eat breakfast unless it's being forced on me i go on and off i'd say uh more typically i do not eat breakfast like throughout my life i love breakfast foods and like i'll eat a box of pastries it's yeah. just not first thing in the morning it won't stop me first thing in the morning and like especially when i was doing catering during the winter all i would eat was like fucking four rice crispy treats when i got there at three in the fucking morning about an hour later it'd be i'd do the next dessert platter that i have to do because i'm the guy who does the cold desserts so i would just be eating candy for like the first six hours of the day yeah yeah i was real worried i was gonna become diabetic at that job because all i did was slam being energy drink or bang energy drinks and fucking eat candy <laughs> have you seen the bang energy guy no but i'm really against bang energy like that stuff is bad bad for you yeah they have like some extra potent well, chemicals well no so it's all like creatine based and shit so it okay. pumps itself into your muscles yeah. So I would get quote unquote swole because I was drinking <laughs> two of them a day, which is way over the amount you're supposed to. And sometimes I would drink four of them a day and then I would have two days off and spend the entire time in fucking pain because all of the extra water that's been shoved into my fucking muscles is leaking out. <laughs> I'm just imagining someone being like, wow, Keelan, you're looking kind of ripped. What's been going on? And you're just like shaking and you're like, bang. Bang. That's 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 not very far off from what was, would happen. Like people would more or less walk into me uh singing a song that they don't like, which is kinda just how people walk up to me in kitchens. And they'd be like, Oh man, you're looking good and I'll just be like, I'm poisoning myself. Take a look at the owner of Bang Energy. Is he red? Oh, he's not as bad as I remembered. 
I mean, he doesn't look great. How old is he? Because he could be 20 in that picture. And <laughs> um, let's see. Who is... Uh, but the Bang energy list. drink doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, so, like, Bang is also in the grocery store, not in the energy drink section. Really? Is it in, like, the... It's a dietary supplement. Yeah, exactly. It's a dietary supplement. So, Bang is pretty much... Do you know what Redline is? I've heard of it. I'm not familiar with so it. So, Redline I've... is, like, a non-carbonated... I think it's, like, an 8-ounce bottle of... It's a dietary aid. Like, I think until... Basically, I moved. You were required to be carded for it. You had to be 18. But because I was in the energy drink aisle most of the time, you just never got carded for it. I would drink a half of one of those when I worked at the ice cream store and send everyone fucking home because they were too slow. Yeah. So funny that you just brought up Redline because the founder of Bang Energy owns Redline. I know. He's actually the founder of Redline. Too. Yeah, yeah. That's what's in Bang Energy. They pretty much just water down a red line and fucking put, uh, like, crush a corn flavor or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's only, uh, well, he's 59 in 2021, so maybe he's 61 now or 60, which is, I actually thought he was older. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look that bad for that. Like, Yeah, this picture is a lot better than the first one we well, saw, too. Yeah, that was not the one he That just looks like... <laughs> It almost looks like they photoshopped his hair in that one. <laughs> yeah. That's good that we keep talking about this guy on the fucking audio medium. Yeah, shout like he's, out he's, Jack Owak. Bang energy. Are we going to at him on fucking Twitter? <laughs> Is anyone still on Twitter? I feel like Twitter's gotten more popular than ever. It uh, legitimately hasn't. There's numbers to back that up. Well, okay. Well, I mean... <laughs> it was just evaluated at $15 billion from 40 Oh, well, the value's dropped, but I'm saying in terms of Primarily use. because use has dropped off. Well, I know a lot of advertisers left, right? So that Most be... of those guys are back. Because hmm. so basically he did his uh, fucking Apple, you guys are being dicks, and had a talking <laughs> with them. And after all of that was basically when he stopped just making tweets whenever he wanted. Like, yeah. I think that's what the conversation was. It's like, hey, man, every time you talk, we don't want to put an ad on there. So just shut up and we'll put an ad <laughs> on there. That being said, I saw Apple ads on there for like a week and I haven't seen one since. So I don't know how well that's going. Huh. But yeah, the numbers of actual people using them have dropped off quite a bit. Hmm. And the like actual visibility of people that aren't buying check marks, like I literally nothing I tweet that's not hashtagged gets seen by anybody. Hmm. Yeah, I've never been much of a Twitter user, so I don't know. I just hear about it a lot more than I've ever heard about it. That's because a rich playboy decided he was going to purchase <laughs> something outside of his wheelhouse on a tiff. Yeah. Well, he has been in tech for a long time, right? But never with the the social aspect of it. Well, and that's like, is does he write programs? Because that's the tech angle of Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. I think he did start as a developer. I don't have strong feelings about Elon Musk. If anything, I think he's just a goofy dick. Um, I mean, I would <laughs> like to think he's just a goofy dick, but unfortunately he has a small following <laughs> of fucking crypto nerds. Yeah, it's a things do start to get a little weird you know once you have power and influence which he definitely has um but just evaluating the pure person that he is i think he's like 
little bit of an absent-minded professor, but also probably not as smart as... Uh, I think he's a smart dude, but he's not like a, a genius level. That's not like I am either. I don't know why I'm judging. Well, I mean, I also... Like, we throw the word genius around like fucking candy <laughs> nowadays. That's I don't think we have anybody that's in power right now that's genius level. Yeah. Well, and do you really want geniuses? I would like in power? a good genius in power. That's the problem. Is geniuses? Well, I mean, I'd want them strongly influencing uh, policy and that kind of thing. But I don't know that I'd ever want them as like. But like, how are we going? Like with the Einstein level of genius? Like generally speaking, when we find genius, it doesn't want to be in charge <laughs> yeah, because the intelligent thing is to not want to be in charge of billions of people. Yeah. And it's funny when those people get identified, right? Like a really smart person, you know, let's say that they're working for a company and everyone's like, oh, they could really, you know, get this company headed in the right direction. And that person's like, no, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be the boss. <laughs> That's so every time I've ended up in charge, it's been exactly like that. <laughs> when I ended up running the fucking VC kitchen, uh, the boss came in and he was just like, yeah, you're showing a lot of uh in, in whatever uh, uh, initiative there we go initiative Gumption. got all, all of these <laughs> things and like because we just had our uh manager he did not walk out he gave us two weeks like everything was completely above board but he they didn't out. fucking hire no he fucking gave his two weeks and left <laughs> like a completely normal person I just meant the actual physical act was he, he said he didn't walk out, so I thought maybe he skipped out. I don't actually think I saw him when he left. There's a good chance he skied out. I don't remember if it was, nah, it had to have been during the summer, because the reason why he decided to quit was because he got um, invited to a Grand Canyon float, which is multiple days, and the owner wouldn't give him the time off for it. So he's like, well, I know how to get the time off for it. But so he just skied out with his weed out? He, that's what I'm saying. Is it had to have been summer. He couldn't escape. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, it's like, but they didn't hire anyone to take over for him. Yeah. So I just started doing his job because I don't want the kitchen to close. Because if that happens, none of us fucking have a job. And, like, dude comes in and he's like, hey, you're showing the initiative. You've shown that you really want this job. And I was like. No, like I, I really don't want this job. I certainly have talked with the other guy that used to run this place about how I'd rather hang myself. <laughs> and then I did that job for a year. <laughs> Just be like, well, I'm ready to take that uh, manager position. But I did want to ask you, do you have a noose? I don't. <laughs> I don't need somebody to tell me how to tie a slipknot, Adam. They're real easy. Well, yeah, just the raw material. Did you ever... Well, I mean, I'm at the base of the Tetons. I'm sure somebody's just got some belaying rope lying around. But do you remember that when we were in, like, middle school, there was a rumor that it was illegal to tie a slipknot with 13 loops on it? Yeah, I kind of do remember that. And I remember there was, like, a slipknot craze in middle school where I feel like kids were just, like, tying them up. Well, that's because that's when (laughs) slipknot was, like, big. Yeah. Like, that's... I know like half of Slipknot songs because of middle school. Yeah. But yeah, it's there was a rumor that you were not allowed to tie a Slipknot. For those of you who don't know what a Slipknot is, it's a noose with 13 uh, rounds on the edge of it because supposedly that's the minimum amount required to make the rope stiff enough to break your neck, which is actually how you're supposed to die when you get hung. Is it supposed to basically break your neck and collapse everything in yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's more about the uh, the neck breakage than the suffocation. Well, I mean, one leads to the other, but... Yeah, it just makes it so that you... It's supposed to be more humane if you have a broken neck when you're getting suffocated because right. it completely closes off the airway. None yeah. of these are humane things. Um, <laughs> hanging people's real bad. <laughs> and that's why James Harden wears the number 13, because watching his game makes me want to kill myself. Oh, man. Are we going to add him, too? <laughs> oh, it's time for more nasty sports birds. I actually think he doesn't wear. I was gonna say anymore. I'm kind of surprised that they allow 13 on sports, being as sports is kind of a uh, superstitious thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, he is still wearing 13. Okay. He's been uh he's been through a few trades the last few years, so I wasn't sure, but he's wearing it. Oh wait, that's a Brooklyn jersey. My bad. He's currently wearing number one in Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> Drop that three. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. He's like, uh, you know, just erase that number off my jersey. Do they get <laughs> to choose theirs in basketball? I know we talked about this briefly. James Harden for sure would. Like, he's Oh, a so it's based on your fucking popularity? <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, like... Def- there definitely have been situations too where like uh let's say a bench guy or a role player type of dude he's been wearing a number for a while like multiple years and then like a star comes in and that star's been wearing the number on that like his other, other team. team and that guy's like all right i'll give the number up <laughs> like every time that's so <laughs> fucked up i would raise such a stink about that <laughs> i'd just be like nah that's like if you came into my house and just started fucking wearing my shirts <laughs> like you can ask and i will say no <laughs> although no one wants to wear my shirts adam yeah it's one of the best parts about wearing exclusively button-up shirts is <laughs> no one ever at all in any point in time is like hey can i borrow a shirt because they think it takes two years to put on a button-on shirt <laughs> fun fact you can just unbutton the top button and put it on like a t-shirt yeah <laughs> i'm just thinking about this time that lebron james speaking of numbers and i think we talked a little last episode about retiring numbers um lebron once proposed he's like hey you know they've retired some of the like ultimate greats in baseball whatever like no one can wear jackie robinson's number yeah. we should do the same for jordan because jordan is the greatest player ever and like you know it, it kind of got some traction people talked about it for a little while but then he just started wearing Michael Jordan's number. Oh, so he was just turfing the fucking... <laughs> it's like, no, you know how he's number one? You see how I'm wearing his number? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that was actually like... uh, Well, I guess because other people would be able to wear his number on other teams. I was going to say, was that just a... Uh, whatchamacallit? I'm having a hard time recalling words today. <laughs> um, compromise, uh, where they're like, we're not going to retire it, but we're only going to give it to you. But that doesn't make sense because everyone in every team can have that number. Yeah, I don't think the league really ever commented on it. I think it was more like, you know, ESPN, sports commentators type of people. Uh, people who can't actually do <laughs> anything. Yeah, exactly. But so he started out wearing 23. Yeah. Then he This actually I changed, actually know. He changed his number. He changed it to six, which is the number I wore when I played and is my favorite number. 
that's when he started saying the stuff about Michael Jordan's number, right? right? It's like 23 should be retired. Then he went to a new team. He went back to the Cavs, his old team, and started wearing 23 again. That's uh, <laughs> sticking with it. Maybe he wasn't allowed to choose the six. Yeah, maybe. Not popular enough until after the six. That's <laughs> My favorite number is 25. 25? Why? Uh, do you remember... Oh, Tucson? I remember. <laughs> yeah. So my number, based on my last name, in a room of 30 people is almost always 25. So I just stick with it. Nice. Yeah. In sixth grade, we took a class field trip uh, out of town, kind of to the next biggest town. Uh, and we had to all, the teacher would say our name, and then we would reply back with the number that we were assigned. So I was like somewhere in the middle. I was like 12 or 13 or something. But yeah, I don't you remember the, anybody's. You were at the very end of the list, so your reply was 25. But you would like, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to try to do it. I can still, I used to, <laughs> this is, I'm not going to do it into a microphone yeah. because it'll fuck everything up. But it was very loud. And if you have ever been to Pinky G's Pizzeria in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I guess uh, ever heard somebody scream, your pizza is ready, really, really, really loud. It was like that because <laughs> that was the same cadence i used to wear it's actually the get ready to rumble cadence Ooh, yeah. sure let's get ready to rumble <laughs> yeah except for it's let's get ready to rumble oh yeah, yeah it holds the m longer yeah 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 right. right but yeah it's got like that energy to it but me yelling 25 and i was like the smallest person <laughs> so I don't think anybody saw it coming. That was an interesting field trip. Me and that was the same amount of pizzas. How many pizzas is that? I ate like five large pizzas. Dang. We got our pizzas for free because of that. <laughs> what they like? There, so me and putting pizzas away, and one of the guys was like, "Cause I'm very small, and I like no one thinks I can eat, and I generally don't eat, but I can. I'll just fall asleep afterwards forever." Yeah. Um, but one of the guys was like joking about making a record, and me and Danny were like, "Go for it!" <laughs> um, but yeah, he basically was like, "Oh, I don't know if we got them all the way for free, or if we got like a large discount." But he was like, "I bet you guys can't eat ten large pizzas." And like Danny ate five, and I ate five, and we still had like the rest of the class was still eating, and he was just like, "Okay, cool." I'm just imagining, like, some guardian that went on the trip is like, hey, look, I got a room full of kids. Can you hook it up with a discount? And the guy's like, no, sorry, there's nothing I can do. And he's like, what if I told you that the smallest kid could eat five pizzas? <laughs> I mean, they probably would believe that. If I, I feel like anybody who has kids knows that a five-year-old could at least make a good attempt. <laughs> it's like, well, how fast can he do it? I don't know, 20 minutes or less? All right, I got to see that. We I'll were there over. for like an hour. <laughs> it was not terribly quick because I'm also a slow eater in public because I never shut up. Yeah. Do you remember the other highlight of that trip? I had many highlights of that trip. But are you talking about the porno? <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, they didn't think that uh, was it HBO or Cinemax, one of the premium channels that's on, HBO. Yeah, that's on the hotel um, doesn't just cancel its porn because there's kids at that particular hotel. You got to ask for that shit. Yeah, the funniest part about that that I remember too was in Phoenix, the channel for PBS was Channel 8 at the time. Um, but when we went on this field trip, 
that was the channel that all the porn was on it was on channel eight that's hilarious i don't remember what <laughs> channel it was on at all i do remember the next day everybody was being weird because that was a uh, field trip i drank at oh nice yeah um and we found out that it's common for people to drink at that field trip because i went to the corner store and was going to steal beer and the guy was like just pay for it yeah and i was like what he was like every year some kid comes in here and steals beer from the fucking field trip <laughs> and i was like okay and i drank a fucking tall boy and got back and everybody was like there's porn <laughs> okay like i guess i'm a man now <laughs> that was that was after i had already seen porn <laughs> yeah. uh the my favorite part about that trip was when we went to the titan missile silo and i tried to throw a piece of trash away in a trash can and opened it and there was an antenna in it and i was like oh fuck i don't not only do i not know what to do with my trash that i'm just carrying around but i also feel like i just found a secret yeah. and my dad was like why don't you just throw that away i was like i'm not gonna like throw this on the antenna and we ended up uh I don't know if there were MPs that are there. I don't know if they still have actual military there. Yeah. But they like I ended up being like, where do I throw this? And he was like, oh, yeah, um, like all of our trash cans are fucking radio receivers and transmitters <laughs> because if somebody decides to fly a helicopter over here throwing bombs out, they're probably not going to go after the trash cans. <laughs> They're like, no, I mean, plastic bins are a hot commodity here. They were we metal. have a lot of radio parts, so they're all just... <laughs> it was a metal bin. That was why I went to it in the first place, because I don't know how you feel about your trash cans, but, like, a metal trash can with a lid has a real satisfying, like, when you take it off, it's like a tunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great noise. I don't like the feel of it, though. I'd prefer a plastic trash can, but I do appreciate that noise. It's, I always liked metal trash cans. Probably because of Sesame Street, like Oscar the Grouch style. Mm, yeah. Like, I remember the first time my mom got a metal trash can, I was really excited about it. And then it was <laughs> fucking dented beyond belief within maybe five months. Because that was also around the time that the episode of The Simpsons, where Homer just <laughs> fixes his back by rolling onto a metal trash can. Yeah. The one, two, please don't sue. <laughs> um, yeah, and it works, sort of. I remember you telling me about that in like high school or something. <laughs> yeah. Keelan's chiropractic. Like, I think it was like in the shed that we'd hang out with. You had like a particular thing that you'd bend over. Yeah, that was that metal trash can. That was that. So that that thing that you couldn't recognize as a trash can was that metal trash can my mom bought. That's awesome. Yeah, that was an interesting backyard. It's weird that my mom just gave me, like, gave up entirely on controlling the backyard. I was like, it's his kingdom now. <laughs> kind of sick, yeah. I mean, no, completely weird. irresponsible. <laughs> but, I mean, I had fun. Do you have trouble with Unicorp's food, Cube? Does consuming them leave you low-key and unexcited? Try something new. Food spheres, these fully flawed generated spheres, will give you the energy you need for the tough times ahead. This message is brought to you by the Revolution LLC. <laughs> Man, what I remember about that trip too is like. I feel like when it came to school up to that point, everything had been really separated by, like, uh, male and female. 
you know, like, oh, boys do this, girls do that. I feel like there was a specific inclusion except for in sports. Hmm. Like, everything they would try. I also... Props to every teacher that did this, but you made things worse. They would always put me in groups with, like, cute girls because they were always like, Keelan needs to learn how to talk to women. But that's not, <laughs> like, a way to teach me how to talk to women. So every group I had had, like, two girls that the teacher could tell I sort of liked. Yeah. But then it came to sports and it's like, nope, turns out a 12-year-old girl is so bad at basketball <laughs> compared to a 12-year-old boy that we're not even going to let you guys compete. It's like, uh, obviously they haven't seen me play basketball. <laughs> I feel like sports was pretty mixed at our school, though. I remember... Recess sports was. Yeah, that's true. Because there was absolutely no control over any of that shit. Me and used to play basketball in, uh, I think, fifth or sixth grade. <laughs> but we got that's like one of the only times I've ever seen anybody told to stop playing basketball because <laughs> would just get to the point where I had the ball and just run up behind me and pick me up <laughs> and hold me up to the basket and I'd make the shot. So we were like an okay basketball team, but like totally that was not allowed. And one time somebody thought that Chuck was throwing me <laughs> and was like, you can't throw Keelan, which is not true. It's pretty fucking easy to throw me. And he, yeah. like, we tried to be like, this is just our basketball strategy. And pretty much after that, we never went on those courts again. Nice. Yeah, I remember my little group for that Tucson field trip. What, there was a, a girl that I had a crush on in my group. And I just got to hang out with her the whole trip. Oh, that's and, like, cool. We went in the pool together. We were just chilling. I, I felt like such a baller that, that whole weekend. No, I was actually super bummed that didn't go. Because I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get to hang out with my friends because he was like 100% going to be in my group because no yeah. teacher knows how to fucking deal with <laughs> like at least when me and Chuck are together, like, you know, where the explosion's coming from yeah. <laughs> versus having two separate volatile things. <laughs> but he like I like two days before because his dad like agreed to let him go. He was like, am I going to go and hang out with school people on a weekend? Fuck no. <laughs> cool. All right. Fine. I'll go by myself because my dad wants to see the Titan missile silo, so he's going to be a chaperone. <laughs> yeah, where else did we go? Didn't we go to a cave? We went to the Windy Windy Cave, which was all right, except for when we went, it was while they were doing renovations to like take the restaurant and stuff out because they were trying to mm. like return the ecosystem to a more normal thing. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't get to like go very deep. Also, I wouldn't really want to go very deep into a cave with everyone from school. Like, I don't really want to ever be in a survival situation with everybody <laughs> from our grade school because no one would listen to me and I would just end up like hanging out on the periphery and eating people as they died. <laughs> yeah. We also went to, we went to like an airfield museum. Is that what you call it? It was uh, almost just like an airplane graveyard. And I know Tucson has like one of the biggest so collections of planes. Did we go to the... Because it would have been an air museum. And I know it has an air museum. Because I don't know if we went to that where you were just talking about when we, were ta when we took the tour of the top of the missile silo. Oh, maybe that was it. Because I, I know... I it being really short. Like it's even compared to the missile Yeah, that museum. would have been... That's where I found the trash can. 
Yeah. Like I, cause it was just a fucking trash can out there. So I was like, <laughs> okay. But it might have been that. I don't remember if we went to an air. Sh- I used to go to air shows when I was little, which is weird. I used to go to car shows too, which I do not understand. I've never yeah. shown interest in a fucking car in my life. We would go to air shows too. And I don't know why, like, if it was just kind of a thing to do or like, well, it was we... a thing to do and it was a thing that kids got in free. Yeah, and like yeah. both of our dads probably liked planes. <laughs> like I know my dad likes planes. I liked yeah. going to the air shows because I would get to go in planes sometimes. But like I don't give a fuck about the Blue Angels flying around because they're tiny specks in the air. <laughs> yeah, I remember I went to a Blue Angels show and I remember um, getting like a little model airplane. Yeah, I guess that was probably my favorite part about going to the car shows was it was a good way to talk my dad into getting me a model. Yeah. I like I love building models. My only issue with building models is I have to throw them all away eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My dad liked building models, too. I enjoyed it. Did you go to any other, like, conventions or shows or, like... I went to a drum convention okay. when I was in fourth grade, which what kind was... Of drums? Just, like, overall or was it, it like, So, the, the convention was an overall <laughs> drum thing, but okay. we ended up... Because this is another one of the things that my dad, like, decided was one of my interests because he wanted to go. <laughs> and this is directly after I was kicked out of playing drums at school because my mm-hmm. math grades weren't good enough which led to having a child that's both bad at math and drums <laughs> but uh yeah i got that's i had a little hand drum for a while which was a completely like that's when we had joint custody so i had to play the hand drum with a pad on it if i wanted to practice and it's like <laughs> you can't actually do the doom tech thing with a pad on it like, you can get your rhythm practice in, but you can't actually fucking hear anything. Yeah. It's like that whole period of my life was when people were trying to get, like, me and my sisters all into musical instruments and shit. But half of the time, the place that we were at, it was, like, actively talked shit about that we would practice. So, I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, I'd, I don't have rhythm to begin with, so it's probably good that... I didn't end up trying too terribly hard on the drums because there was a pretty strict plateau arising the second my ADHD or whatever the fuck it is that stops <laughs> me from having rhythm kicked in full. But it was also just real fucking silly. It's like, I think it was a hundred and and it's a hundred and twenty dollars for my drum and my dad matched me. For something that I couldn't, so I just spent $60 for something that I couldn't play appropriately <laughs> and am bad at and is probably still just sitting somewhere in a fucking pile. What kind of drum was it? Was it, it was just, just like a, a steel drum? Hand, it was a steel hand drum. Oh, okay. It wasn't a steel drum. It was a hand drum made of steel. Oh, yeah. I I would actually love to have a steel drum. They have such a cool noise. They do. I, uh, what's, what's the upside down steel drum? Um... I'm not sure. It's like literally the exact same concept where it's the mallet or like with hands or both. But so it's a steel drum. But like if you turned it upside down and made the dome a more clear dome. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I think it's it's kind of like a hippie type of deal. They're all hippie things to us. (laughs) Right. But it's like the kind of thing that you'd like see a dude on a beach. No, that's the only (laughs) the only type of dude I've seen play that. 
Yeah. What are those called? Those are really awesome. I know what you're talking Inverted about. Inverted steel drum. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of drums in my life. Like we had those congos at my mom's house for years that I think do you remember when I was in a band for like three weeks in high school? Rage Against the Bee Gees? Yes. <laughs> Excellent name for a band. Um Yeah, unfortunately I never saw it, but I've heard We had like one show and I refused to use a microphone and like I walked off stage. And a lot of people thought that that was because the cops were showing up. So everyone left the party, but they left their beer because they thought the cops were coming. So it was just like five of us in a house with enough booze for like 40 kids. Yeah, I was in a band in high school, Osmosis. That was, that was a good band. <laughs> and we would frequently get the cops called on us. Um, but they were usually friendly. Well, there was enough. that one show where the cops came to the show. Oh, for fun? No, they came to break it up. And then they were like, well, this is just cool. And they like yeah, hung yeah. out. That was the one where... Uh, was yeah, but so what was the Austrian guys that we went to high So, <laughs> Oh, man, I love Daniel. <laughs> so this is a house full of miners. Oh, yeah. With two kegs that are invisible sight, everybody is drinking, and two police officers showed up and <laughs> plays a fucking drum roll and goes, <laughs> and the Phoenix police! And they felt like you could see it in their eyes. They thought they were going to get tackled, but then it went to like, oh, we're celebrities. Yeah. But so they just decided to fucking hang out for, <laughs> I think, five songs. They let you finish your set. And... Yeah. Was smoking a cigar, drinking a beer, <laughs> like buddying up with one of the cops, and one of the girls went and fucking grabbed the cigar out of his hand and put it in the beer, and he just ribbed the fucking or like elbowed the cop in the ribs and was like, "Officer, arrest her! She ruined my beer." <laughs> I was just like, "Dude, you're fucking real pushing it because all of us should be in a line right now in front of a breathalyzer." Yeah. But like, they let you finish your show. And the cops, while we were carrying the stuff from your show out that were coming for the second noise complaint, the other <laughs> cops met and were like, yeah, dude, you were late. I'm sorry. Uh, they finished already. They were really good. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? That's why I wanted you guys to make an album called Killing the Cops with Kindness. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I will. That's a good album name. We definitely took a bunch of pictures with those cops, too, and I wish I had those pictures. I don't, so yeah. if anyone that is listening uh, remembers Osmosis or has those pictures, please. Oh, that would them. be nice. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm in any of those pictures, burn them. <laughs> Daniel is so funny, though. That, that kid always looked like he was a 40-year-old man. Yeah. That, well, so him smoking cigars was not in any way unusual. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like 15 to 17. Yeah. I can almost see the cops being like, why isn't that guy smoking a cigar? Come on. Yeah, get right. a cigar. Exactly. <laughs> you look stressed, old man. You should smoke this cigar. I don't know. Gen Z's getting old enough to where we got to stop calling Gen Z kids soon. Yeah, what, they're approaching their 20s now? Yeah. Did, so I'm trying not to do what the whole millennial 
saying because like when older people even when i say millennial i still have a 25 year old stuck in my head uh and that's not what a millennial is aged <laughs> yeah that's weird i mean we're both millennials and we're kind of older millennials yes not like we the, would be that limit of it we would be the upper limits of millennial it's odd though because i feel like i never while I was experiencing it, I feel like I wasn't in that generation. Well, we weren't that considered that. And when I talk to people and tell them I'm a millennial, they're like, no, you're not a millennial, which is like, that's not how generations work. You don't get to <laughs> right. say that you are or are not part of a generation. And the way we do generations in this country doesn't make sense with like what an actual generation is. Because a yeah. generation is the next group of children. So it's not like based on like the music you listen to which seems to be a fucking thing um but so when we were little we technically weren't millennials because they hadn't put a date on it but we were part of that generation of children right so where are that and then they did go and put a date on it and it's like 1985 (laughs) so it's like all of those people are millennials like there's you can't be like oh well i like you so you're not a millennial it's like We'll stop putting negative or pon- positive connotation on uh, an age group. Like, that's weird. Yeah. Like, I remember when we were, you know, high school age, teenagers, whatever, I would hear about Gen X all the time. And I, like, knew, like, oh, those are the kids, like, right above me or, like, you know, the older I think my dad years. thinks that he's Gen X. <laughs> and I also remember for a while hearing Gen Y which I never hear Gen Y That was anymore. supposed to be us. Right. They changed it to millennials. Yeah. And so... But like, when millennials came around, I feel like we were like 25-ish. When they started saying... That's because that's when it got a negative connotation and people started saying it negatively. Right. Because there was like, also a vote, too, because there was Gen Y and Gen I. Oh. Because we were there was a chance that we were going to be called Generation Information. Yeah. And I was like, man, fucking glad... I got stuck with millennial. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it is weird. And when basically all the way up until I was 30, people will be like, you're not a millennial Uh, just based on my attitude. I'm like, that's not how it works. That's like saying that people that are 25 are poison. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like right now people would be like, yeah, you're a millennial, which is like, I don't know. Well, yeah. It's all just hindsight. (laughs) Well, it's also like, go back to that fucking Generation X thing where it's like the group before us. Yeah. That's complete and absolute proof that we don't do generations the way the actual definition of generation is because technically Generation X and I am a millennial, but we are the same generation of child. (laughs) They are the progeny of my parents, making all four of us are a generation. Our right. children are the next generation, because that's the definition of a generation. Yeah. It is weird that you're, I guess you're always going to kind of have that, like, lagging, I don't even know what to call it, like, lagging effect of naming something and experiencing it. Well, yeah, because we also didn't name it. <laughs> right. Some probably boomer did. Possibly whatever it was before that. What the fuck did we call them? Um, the greatest generation, right? I don't. What? I'm, you will, you'll not catch me saying that about <laughs> people who run wars and love racism. I think there's another name for it, but basically like... We're the greatest that... generation. Women can barely vote, and we made <laughs> black people a whole man. 
Yeah, that part of it sucks. I think that whole thing is centered more around like the innovation and everything. Yeah, that that's also fucking. I don't know that we're going to end up talking about Marxism and the great man fucking theory versus you know collective. <laughs> none of us did anything in a vacuum. Yeah, I do think, and this is something that kind of came up recently. Um, I think it's unfair and a little ridiculous that the boomers get, and I want to preface this first. I don't have any resentment against boomers. I actually hate the fact that I use the term boomer now. (laughs) I don't like the fact that I have to do any of that. I'm like, oh, you're a terrible person because you're a terrible person. Yeah. I think it's really weird that the boomers get, or like they like to put into the media like, oh, the baby boomers are responsible for the civil rights changes in America. Yeah, but and I they're also more. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they are responsible, and so? so is the greatest generation because you can't have a civil rights movement that's necessary without mistreating all kinds of people <laughs> first. Okay, like yeah, yeah see, and, and maybe like that's a, actually what they're saying. Yeah, um, they're like we fucking are not great, and uh, because of our actions, we had to change all kinds of laws. Yeah, so I see like uh, Bernie Sanders being pointed out as one of those people i'd like to just let everyone know he is not a boomer he is more than five years outside of the range of that so like he's not even a baby boomer the beatles were not baby boomers if you want to go with like the cultural angle right the like woodstock thing and everything. i was unaware None that anybody fucking considered the beatles <laughs> baby boomers yeah not a single one of those people hendrix janis joplin all the generation before yeah so as goes with like almost all of your music and guess what we got (laughs) new metal (laughs) yeah it's crazy to me that people are constantly like oh well you know you might not like the baby boomers now but they did all this stuff and it's like i don't think they did i think they watched it on tv because they were all like 14 15 years old when this was happening and then if you look at what happened when they were adults we have what's now (laughs) yeah that's like when crazy capitalism and like plundering of resources and mining and like all this stuff really took off well to some degree i think most of that ends up being a education of people yeah it's like it's it's real unfortunate but we only got to have the internet as being like a good thing for like four years (laughs) <laughs> and then it immediately they're like we can do the exact same thing we used to do so long as we figure out how to isolate people on the internet because that's like if you live in a mining town you're going to love coal because that's what puts <laughs> fucking food on your table yeah that's sure. literally just underneath the power of god <laughs> my father was a coal miner and his father before him yeah and they all complained every day about working in a fucking coal mine <laughs> Bro, my father was a pool man, and my father before him was a pool man, dude. You just gotta stay chill. Uh, and I would love for that to fucking happen. <laughs> That's a character that me and invented, and sometimes we'll just play it to each other. He's like the wise pool man, bro. Like you just gotta fucking chill out, all right? It's like, funny. Listen, that- my father told me, and he was a pool man too. <laughs> That's that's funny that because I know somebody who's a uh, full time pool man slash ski bum, 
and he's like he's got he's got a very prestigious position like everybody thinks it's the greatest setup in the world including Dude. him yeah but it's, it's definitely some weird ass philosophies coming out of him when you're just like wait so you've never like had to deal with a mob of angry people that weren't on vacation <laughs> Bro, one time I was taking care of the pool at the Hilton Inn. They didn't have any chlorine. They said they would. <laughs> oh, my God. When I worked at the Snake River Spawn Lodge, they tried so hard to get me accredited to take care of pools so that I could be a maintenance man. And I was like, like at the time, I was a dishwasher. I was like, what? what is wrong with your society to the point where, like, there's actual adults here who are in your maintenance program that you could just pay to get that done <laughs> like no let's go to the fucking 19 year old i guess i would have been 21 dude the amount of money that companies will spend on like <laughs> indoctrinating the right thing. yeah dude it's that's that's time as well this is one of my like biggest complaints on life is how often i watch somebody look for an electric power tool when like to save time but it takes twice as much time to find the tools it would to do it with hand tools and they're like yeah but it's easier and i'm like you don't think that you realize that you're dying the whole time you're looking for that thing right like there's no time coming back you're gonna have to put a little more physical effort into it but you have like the completely irreplaceable time still yeah yeah i just saw this article it was a cnn article <laughs> that was like talking about how much money all the big corporations in America had spent in order to avoid raising the minimum wage. Yeah, lobbying <laughs> billions of fucking dollars. That's why. I went, so when I got back to Phoenix, I didn't realize uh, when the $15 an hour thing started. So basically, I got mm. back to Phoenix and had all of my economics wrong. <laughs> Because, like, everyone was like, yeah, they're going to be raising it to $15 an hour. That's good. And I didn't, like, really check anything. And it's like, it turns out that that $15 an hour thing started before I left. And I was yeah. just young, so I didn't pay attention to it. And that really it needs needed to be, like, 2021 when I moved here before inflation. <laughs> because they had spent so long trying to get it just to 15 that inflation had increased by enough. I'm like, oh, so, like. We these are hard numbers you can like look up and compare. What is wrong with you people? Yeah. Yeah, I remember at the time I I worked at a retail store, Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm. And you work uh, in the Beyond section? <laughs> I wish, man. They just had me in the bath all day. Pruny. Uh, <laughs> but they they were like a place that paid a few dollars over what everyone else was paying. But then when the minimum wage raised they were just like, nah, that's just, that's just what we pay now. Like, we're not that's, <laughs> racing. And I was like, well, that's one of my leave. favorite things to say is like, I got out of high school and there was a depression or a recession. So yeah. I like, I took like my year or two off or whatever to like be a kid before I had to go do serious adult shit. Serious adult shit started couldn't get a fucking job anywhere and ever since then i've just been begging for minimum wage like <laughs> everywhere because minimum wage is just going up incrementally yeah and i'm like like i can't bitch that i'm at this weird area where everybody feels like they can just pay me minimum wage because minimum wage is higher than it was last year and i'm like i do have 15 fucking years of experience <laughs> in my field at this point in time like you, you're just trying not to pay me for stuff, but almost every job I've had in Phoenix, I've gotten towards the new year. 
So they, it, when I get the job, they end up hiring on, me on for a dollar more than I asked for because I'm mm. just trying to get a shitty job that I don't care about walking out of. Yeah. Hopefully no one hears that part that is hiring me. <laughs> um, but I'll be like, oh, you guys are cool. Thanks for the extra like buck 50. And then two weeks later, minimum wage rises to make that <laughs> minimum wage. And I'm like, oh, that's right. You're all fucking assholes. <laughs> You were just looking ahead. By like a month, too. It's not even like we weren't looking terribly far. Yeah. But I think that makes an official episode. It does. You want to plug some things? Um. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at J-A-I-N Fritz. That's Jane Fritz with an underscore in between. I'm still looking. We have one person that's on board for Sci-Fi Audio Book Club. Nice. Um. I might start a Facebook group. I don't know how I feel about doing stuff on Facebook. Every time I've done something on Facebook, somebody has tried to scam me mm. unsuccessfully, but it's really annoying having to like make sure that that guy doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Instagram as well. I am VR Frittatas. Um, You can find us on Twitter and twitch as well on twitch we are upp underscore playa upp underscore p-l-a-y-a and i do have another twitch channel that's me and my wife uh if you'd like to watch us we are andy pants a-n-d-e-e underscore pants and i mean that that, that's it hallelujah what okay I think my dad thinks that he's Gen X.